0: God is still God, and we get to come to his house to worship him and to praise him. So, welcome everyone to Wednesday night Bible study. We are going to continue the series that we've been teaching on rebuilding what you lost. This is part three of that. Um, The first time that we taught it, we talked about rebuilding the altar. The second time, we talked about rebuilding the temple. And we talked about we, that we can't let complacency sit in, sit in in our lives, that we have to work. We um, Just because we got into the promised land does not mean that we get to take it easy. We need to continue to fight um, and we need to rebuild those things which we lost. And today we are going to be talking about building on the right kind of foundation. So. Let's start with a uh, mirror, mirror in the word. How many of you have heard the saying, mirror, mirror on the wall? Came from the fairy tale, Snow White, right? And the evil queen. She goes to her magic mirror and she says to the mirror, or asks the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all? Um, and this question, you know, Is posed, like we say, by the Evil Queen. She is uh, Snow White's stepmother, which I didn't really get that when I watched the movie, but it's been such a long time since I watched it. Um, Anyway, she asked the mirror this question, and the response from the mirror is what? There's another. You are not the fairest, (laughs) in so many words. Snow White is the fairest of them all. And when the evil queen finds out that she is not the most beautiful woman in the kingdom, she hires the, the huntsman to go kill Snow White and bring her her heart. Isn't that horrible? That's just absolutely horrible. Thankfully, we do not live in a fairy tale or have magic mirrors, but we are told in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, to look into the mirror of the word of God. And what is that? Our, our Bible, to see the condition of our hearts. So let's read that. I'm going to be jumping back and forth from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, New Living, and King James, so bear with me. For those that have notes, you'll see which translation I'm reading from. Um, And for those that are watching online, the notes were sent out in an email, and they're also on the Bible app, so you can follow along through there. James, One verses 22 to 25 is, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. For the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom perseveres in it, and it is not a forgetful hearer but one who does good works this person will be blessed in what he does well sister marie what does it have to do with rebuilding what you lost well i'll tell you if we are to rebuild what we lost we must look at the foundation of our house and that is our life we need to look at our lives and what our lives, our homes, our houses, what they're built upon. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 27 reads, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on the rock. And the King James says, a wise man, right? A wise man. Then rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. Did everybody catch that? That the rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse, because its foundation was on the rock. Verse 26 but everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And its collapse was great. And I believe in the King James, it says, and great was the fall. Great was the fall. In these passages, we can see that James spent a lot of time with Jesus. You can tell that he walked with Jesus, he talked with Jesus, he was close to Jesus. Um, After all, he was his brother, um, but he was with him and he heard what he said and he had applied those things that he learned from Jesus to his life, and not only to his life, but to his teachings. Because they both say the same thing. You can't just call yourself a Christian. And that's what he's they're both saying. Jesus and James are both saying, you can't just call yourself a Christian. You must be a Christian. There is a difference. There is a difference. You can't just say that you are. You have to put it into action. And many say that they're Christian, but our actions speak otherwise. So we need to be very careful that we're not just saying we're Christians, but that we are, that we are acting, we are walking, we are behaving in a way that shows that we are Christ-like. And the only way you can tell is by the foundation of your house. The foundation is very important for the house, and every time I mention house in this lesson, just know that I'm talking about your life, that I'm talking about me, you know, talking about you, making sure that you're on a stable foundation, um, your spiritual man, your spiritual man. So, what should our foundation be built of? And I'm just going to open it quickly. There's quite a bit of notes that I have, but um, feel free to. To go to the mics and um, and answer that, what should our foundation be built of, Sister Tryon, and then Sister Trudy, the word, the word. Sister Trudy, forgiveness, forgiveness, good one, very good. You know, today, not knowing, I, I was just I listened to a lot of preaching by our apostolic ministers and preachers, and also, you know, this past Sunday, we weren't here in our church, but you better believe it, on our drive back, we were listening to pastor's message. um, So it was a great message, by the way. Um, Presumption, the sin of presumption, is that correct? (laughs) That was a great message. So anyway, I I was listening to a series today, and the Lord gave me this lesson last week. I wrote everything down, had it. And today, I go to listen to some preaching while I was getting ready for work, and the same scriptures came up. And one of the things that the pastor said was that we don't, as in marriages, in families, in friendships, whatever relationship that you're in, we don't fall out of love with people. We fall out of forgiveness. Because we let the little things get in the way And so we just allow unforgiveness. So we don't fall out of love with our friends, with our family, with our spouse. Um, We fall out of forgiveness. Good one. Thank you, Sister Trudy. Yes, Brother Sam. Jesus. It must be built on the solid rock, which is Jesus Christ. Who he is, who he was, you know, um, exemplified. He's our lamb, he's our servant, he is our king, he's, he's loving, he's selfless, he's our rest, he's everything. Amen. Something else. Yes, Sister Maria. Commitment. Commitment. Right. Right. I'm glad that you said that. I had that here in my notes. Faithful in your commitments. Because we're all called as Christians to be committed. We need to invest back into the work of God. Somebody preached to you. Somebody taught you. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody is doing all those things right now for you. Somebody is teaching your children teaching you. So therefore we need to invest back into the kingdom of God. Well, I'm not in the pulpit. That's okay. What about your coworker? What about your friends? If you're receiving daily something from the word of God which you should be in your devotion and your prayer time, then you can share that with your coworkers. And you never know. There are times when the Lord gives me something and I'm going, I don't know what that's for. I'm going to receive it for me. I don't understand. And then I meet up with somebody ah and they start saying like that's what it was for you know and so you just never know obviously we should always receive what God is telling us for us first we shouldn't think oh that's for (laughs) so-and-so it should always be no that's for me that's for me and then be committed to give it to also to give it to somebody else good um we should be bearing the fruits of the spirit. We should be bearing the fruits of the spirit. We should be loving. We should be patient. We should be long suffering. We, you know, which is patience. We should have. Um, uh, I'm thinking joy, peace. You know, all of these things. It should be flowing out of our lives if our foundation is in Jesus Christ. Those are the things that build us up, that makes us have a strong foundation. Amen. How about calling a brother or a sister in the Lord? That builds you up. That builds you up because you're taking care of the body. Sister Margarita? Yeah, um, morning, Sorry, Sister Ellen can't hear you. Do you mind talking in the mic? No? Oh, it's all right.
1: I yeah. see somebody, people are Christian, like a body of Christ. Uh, we, I saw, you know, many people. And when I saw them, I felt in the spirit. They saw me, they look, they, they look at me and they look somebody, you know, they, they, they look as a sister. They don't say hi, they ignore. It's because, you know, look body of Christ. I don't mean I say feeling because a spirit, mm. you look in people. In the church, I and mean they don't say nothing. That's her, you know, it's hard, <laughs> you know, because we see, you know, we body of Christ. If it, and then to come into the mind and say, I, you know, the Lord to me, forget it, you know, mm-hmm. don't keep in nothing or don't hold in nothing. You have to pray for them. Right. And then, as I say, you know, yes, thank you, Lord, because you, you feed me, you know, where you work, and it's really, you know, good. That's the love, you know, Amen. like i I'm like um, thank you the Lord because I'm building, you know, he building me like a, like, like foundation, like in the rock, you right? Know, because he's my he's my love, you know. I'm seeking every day for him, you know. Everything I pray him because the Lord put me many names on my praying every morning, Amen. and Amen. thank you the Lord because. Amen doesn't matter what church you go, what religion you're
0: right. seeking. You know. Amen. Um, you know, and we will be talking about that as we go in the lesson. Um, the enemy, one of the tactics of the enemy right now is, and it's always been, I just feel it's so prevalent right now, is wearing the saints, mm-hmm. making ma- making the saints weary, okay? Wearing them out. Um, and part of that has to do with the mind, and we'll be talking about it as we go, but our perception um, of things sometimes, you know, well, I, th- I, I, saw, I thought that they saw me, I th- you know. Um, and who knows, maybe they did, you know. Who knows what happened. Um, but like you said, Sister Margarita, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, we need to make sure that we're meditating on the right things, that even if somebody doesn't treat us quite right, even our brothers and sisters and the Lord, that we need to make sure that our meditation is on the Lord, that we cast our cares, our anxieties, our hurts, everything unto God and just bring them before the Lord. Um, You know, it's been, and I don't want to get on a tangent, I really don't because I really believe that this, everything that in here the Lord wants me to say, but, all the scriptures that have been that the Lord has been giving me throughout the week is we need to be careful what we say. We need to be careful what we do. We need to season our words with salt, especially amongst the brethren, the, the body of Christ, and be peacemakers. Um, make sure that we love each other. And even the word of God says when you get on each other's nerves, literally, it says when you get on each other's nerves, just be mindful. Just be careful what you say. Be more careful. Because it's going to happen. How many times have, have you and I gotten um, in each? You know, with um, on someone's nerves. Your brother, your physical, flesh and blood. You know, or your parents, or whoever it was. It happens. It also happens in the body of Christ. Things happen, and I think the enemy is trying to weary the saints right now. Um, his time is really short, and he's trying to take as many as he can with him, and. He's trying to tear things down. That's why we must rebuild the things that we lost and and just maintain, maintain the things that we do have in Christ. So we see some things are starting to wear out. You know what? I need to fix that right now before it gets worse. Before it gets worse. Amen. So we need to make sure that we love our neighbor as ourselves. We can't Love somebody else if we don't love ourselves. That's part of building the right foundation. The Bible says that. Love your neighbor as yourself. And how do you love yourself? Having the love of Jesus flowing through your life. That's perfect love right there. And if you are loved by a perfect God and you receive that love, then that love is going to flow out of you. You're going to love yourself. You're going to love your neighbor. So be loved by a perfect God. Be loved by a loving Father who has given everything for us. Amen. So many great things. If the foundation of your life is built, back on the notes, built on the Word of God and obeying what it tells you to do, then we will be able to tell that you are a Christian by the fruit you bear. And there are times when that fruit is going to take time. But be faithful. Be faithful in doing what is right. Be faithful until it is your season to bear fruit and then when people see that, wow, they are being faithful. The Lord is working in their lives. They have the right foundation. They're doing the right things. Um, And I know I'm referencing back to the fairy tale of Snow White, but just, you know, just bear with me for a a moment. The evil queen continually looked in that magic mirror, wanting to hear that she was the fairest in the land. When the mirror told her that she was no longer the most beautiful, the fairest, she didn't change her appearance. She didn't change her heart or her way of thinking. What does she do? Instead, she wanted to destroy the one that was the fairest. And I know it's a fairy tale, but we can learn from lessons like that. We must first look at the mirror of the word of God and see how our lives compare to the word. If our lives are not in sync with the Bible, we need to change what is not right. We can't say, well, somebody else needs to change. They just need to deal with my attitude. They just need to deal with my feelings. They just need to deal with my emotions. They just need to deal. No, if we're reading the word of God and we're looking at that mirror, it's gonna show. (gasps) I have a blemish. Something is not right and I can't just walk away. I have to do something about it. I have to look into that perfect word, that mirror, and say, "Okay, it doesn't look right, but I'm going to work on that. I'm going to change that and do what is right. Brother Milton, did you have a comment? Yes, Brother Milton had one first. Obedience is most important obedience
2: It's obedience to God, obedience to
1: the
0: Amen. Amen. It's, the Lord puts leaders in our lives for a reason, and we need to be able to obey that. In that, we got to trust that they're hearing the word of God and that what they're giving us is from, from the Lord. Amen. Brother Rosa
3: did make uh, a wonderful point when we uh, look into the scriptures and we read the word of God when it ministers to us it will show us things that shouldn't be prevalent in our own personal lives Uh, acknowledgement is one uh, bringing it to the Lord and asking him to change those ways is uh, a long process that we should always place ourselves in the scriptures are quick to remind us that we should faint not and doing well, uh, not only should we encourage each other to do the right things, but we must also run this race with patience. Amen. It tells us to run the race with patience. Amen. So how can you run a race with patience? Uh-huh. Your, your pace is different than everyone else's. Right. My growth is right. different than everyone else's. My right. attributes and my achievements are different than everyone else's. So we are to respect everyone in whatever pace or race they're in and we must encourage each other to do well. When we do so, we will begin to understand what it is to have compassion towards one another because if it wasn't for people reaching out to me, if it wasn't for people praying for me, if it wasn't for people encouraging me, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Uh, We do have the Lord. We do have his spirit. But he expects us to work with each other.
0: Amen.
3: You know, he has always, throughout the scriptures, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, he always expected us to work with each other. And it's always going to be that way. So whether we want to or not, that's the way he has it structured. And when we begin to understand that and accept it for what it is, I believe that things can be better Amen. in Jesus' name. If you
0: notice, you know, all the disciples that Jesus chose, he was, you know, he was so great. He's so perfect. They all had different personalities. He chose them on purpose. They rubbed each other the wrong way. They were libbing, you know, lobbying, I should say, for a position, who's going to sit next to, you know, to you when we get to heaven? And here goes John, and I'm the beloved, you know, always saying I'm the beloved, I'm the beloved, um, Peter, I'm the beloved, you know. Just we've got to think that we are human. We are human. We all make mistakes. And we've got to love one another through the process, and we've got to work with one another. And you know what? When we're not doing right, It's okay to go to your brother and sister and say something lovingly to win them back to you. Win them back to you. Not to say, I'm right, you're wrong, that's the end. Or you make it right, whatever the case may be. That's not what it's about. It's to love on each other and work well with one another. Amen. The word of God should prick our hearts regularly because we are not perfect. And if you're digging into the word of God on a consistent basis, it's going to prick you. <laughs> it's going to prick you. It pricks me all the time. <laughs> he, I'm thankful that he pricks my heart because it shows me that he loves me. The word of God says that he chastises those, right, those that he loves And if he's not chastising me, then I'm not his child. I'm not loved. So if you're being chastised, know that he loves you. Know that he cares about you. He wants you to change your ways. Not everything that you receive from God is going to be, you know, all pretty things. And if you look in the Bible long enough, you will know that he chastises us because he loves us. I'm thankful that he pricks my heart because it shows that he's still working on me, like the song says, to make me what I ought to be. I'm thankful Jesus pricks my heart and causes me to feel pain because it means that this flesh needs to die a little bit more. When something rubs me the wrong way, (gasps) That's my flesh. That's my pride getting hurt. Oh, Jesus, let me crucify myself one more time. Let me put myself on that altar one more time. I need to die because I'm not perfect. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the same. I want my heart to feel I want to feel, I want to know, I want to hear the voice of God. I need to know him. Too many times we shy away from pain. And some of us run away from it, but end up right back towards more pain because we just don't know how to handle it correctly the first five or ten times that we go through it. We internalize hurt, we think if we don't talk about it, if we don't, if we just don't feel it, then we're going to be okay. But do do you realize that when we internalize pain, we hurt ourselves? That it actually hurts our bodies. It really does. Um, you know, think I'm think I'm thanking God for November. Honestly, November has been a breather for me. I'm not saying it's been easy, but it's been a breather because September and October were absolute misery. I was in a pit. I was in darkness. I couldn't see my way out. I'm so thankful for God's grace. I'm thankful that when I'm going through stuff, I can give my anxieties, my troubles, everything to God. I don't have to internalize it. I don't have to shove it in. I can let it out. I can say, Lord, here it is. Here are my problems. Here are my circumstances. And he takes it all. And in exchange, he gives me joy. He gives me beauty for ashes. He gives me that oil He just heals me. So I'm thankful that I don't have to stay the same. We shouldn't internalize it, you know. In some of it, and I tried, I did the best that I can. I still am to give everything to the Lord. I still lost a bunch of hair, a whole bunch of hair. I'm going, what in the world is going on? Stress will do that to you. Pain will do that to you. Circumstances in life. So don't internalize it because who knows? And Brother James lost all his hair from all, you know, I'm kidding. Brother James, I love you. (laughs) He probably probably lost it all from having Lucy and Josiah, and I'm kidding, this past weekend. We love you, Brother James. But we cannot internalize the hurt. We've got to make sure that we give that to the Lord. My heart And I already said it, it's just been broken these past couple of months because of the circumstances in life. Things that I can't change. I can't change it. And there are times when I want to change things, I want to help, but the Lord has told me, Marie, it's not your battle to fight. It's not for you to handle. You know how hard that is? I'm a firstborn. I'm a go-getter. I'm a doer. I want to do things. I see a need. I just want to do it. I want to go, but I need to listen to the word of God. I need to make sure that I do what he asks me to do and nothing more, nothing less. And that's what it's about. When we're building on the right foundation, we will know his voice. We will do what he asks us to do, nothing more, nothing less. Exactly what he tells us to do. We cannot afford to have broken down unstable foundations. We certainly cannot tear each other's foundations down either, but rather help each other. Help each other by building each other up. Jude 20 through 23, but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion making a difference, and others safe with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. When we hear the preaching of God's word, we encourage a brother or sister or call uh, a friend, read the Bible, pray fast, lovingly admonish one another, and pray in the Holy Ghost. We build each other up in the faith. Those are things that build us up in our faith. When we say, oh, I notice this. I'm not trying to rebuke you. I'm trying to help you. I'm loving you. Or, hey, I've, I've seen you a little bit discouraged. Is everything okay? I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. What do you need from me? Let me lift you up. Let me build you up. Let me encourage you. Let me send you some, some psalms. Let's sing together. Let's, let's just go out for a cup of coffee. Or you hear the preaching of the word. Oh, Lord, thank you. That's what I needed today. Thank you, Lord. We build each other up. We build each other up. We cause each other to grow spiritually. Do you understand that? We all need to grow. And when we build each other up, we cause each other to grow, to mature in Christ. Hebrews 10.24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. To good works. And other translations use the word spur and stirring up. Isn't that crazy? Let us consider one another to spur (laughs) unto love. Do you know what a spur is used for? Right, Brother Al, a cowboy, right? Usually wears spurs in the back of his boots to kind of kick the horse a little bit. You just press it lightly, and what does that horse do? Move, move, spur, or stirring up. How does how do you stir things up? You have to agitate it, don't you? <laughs> you have to move it around. Can't just be still. Stir it up. Or spur. And I know that it sounds a little, you know, mean. And I'm not saying go be mean to somebody or hurt somebody. That's not what I'm saying at all. But we need to make sure that we motivate each other to do what is right, to do good works, to love one another, to love one another. So motivate each other. Instead of, you know, talking, oh, look at this, or gossiping, or saying whatever about somebody, or talking bad, just complaining not even talking about people but just complaining. You know what? Let's just stop right there. Let's let's encourage each other to to just love on people and to do good things. Let's worship the Lord. Let's praise. Let's not go into that subject at all. Let's just change it. Let's just change it. All right. We do not hurt people, but we encourage them to build on the right foundation. Rock or sand. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. We read it, I believe, before. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock but everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And, it and its collapse was great. Hearing and acting upon what you heard is a wise foundation and much like a rock. Hearing and acting upon what you heard is a wise foundation and much like a rock. Well, a rock is firm. A rock is stable. It's lasting. And if you see the pictures, these are houses in Cappadocia in Turkey, and the houses are actually built out of rock. These are rock formations, rocks, and they built caves into the rocks. I think they're beautiful. And, and these are dated all the way from 300 A.D. to uh, 1200 A.D. So they've been around for quite some time. And people are still living in these houses, these houses that are built on rocks, inside rocks. And you see the outside and the inside. And I even read that some people that are living there are building extra rooms into their houses to um, be able to rent it out or let family come and stay. And when they start, um, what is it, chiseling rock out, they find other rooms that were built there years before. (laughs) I think that's so cool. But they just live on the rock. And it's j- th- again, that is in Cappadocia, Turkey. Now let's talk about building on the sand. Hearing and doing nothing about what you hear is a foolish foundation and very much like sand. Sand is unstable, weak, and shifty. Anybody been to the beach? The moment you step on that sand, it shifts. Your foot sinks. It's not a sure foundation, and half the time, because you're, or m- most of the time, your foot is, is goes down into that sand. It's hard to get it back up. If you're wearing shoes, it's gonna get all in there. It's just not not good foundation to be building a house. And these houses, the first picture that's on there. I thought uh, the house was actually built like that. (laughs) It looks like it was built that way, but when you look at it, it just shifted, and the whole thing just ripped up. You see the foundation also ripped up because it was built on sand, and then you see the condos on the picture on the right, and they all went. (laughs) I would hate to live in a condo and the beach, and that happens. Oh my word, everybody's house just gone, gone. Um, so, w- you know, it's hard. When you build in the sand, I, I can't, I don't even know, I didn't even do my research, but how far down you actually have to dig down and w- the way you have to build and the kind of insurance you need to have. It's just crazy. Right. Yes. <laughs> on mhm. One the of these places on here, that
3: hit 300 mph winds. None of those buildings have fallen, including the Appalachian Mountain culture in that
0: area too. And they're all built on solid rock. They've been there for hundreds of years. Thank you, brother Steve. That is wonderful. Thank you for that piece of information. I'm Telling you that the winds hit it and it's still standing because it was built on the rock. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We'll do. So, perception, going back to our notes. Perception and feelings are building blocks to a foolish foundation. Perception and feelings are building blocks to a foolish foundation. When we base our walk with God on the perception that we are okay and on feelings alone, we are bound to fall or fail. We can't do this walk with God on perception or on feelings. Feelings are fickle. Emotions are fickle. I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> and I can tell you, one minute I'm okay, and I'm like, what just happened? What what just happened? And I have to adjust my thinking. I literally have to work at changing the way that I think. Perception is a belief or opinion often held by many people and based on how things seem. Again, based on feelings. So you perceive something based on feelings, how things may seem. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. In um, Brother Milton, I am i didn't even ask him if I could say it, but I don't, I don't think he will mind. Um, he, Brother Milton came to me and said something to me. The Lord spoke something into his spirit, and he was obedient, and he just said it to me. But when he shared it with me, I perceived something different. I perceived something different, and I thought, why? You know, why is he saying this to me? And um, I said, Lauren, touch my mind right now. Change my thinking. Help me. To understand what just happened. So I did something else and then I went back to Brother Milton because I wanted to be clear. I wanted to clear the air, clear the air. And I'm so glad I did. Because when I went to him, he said, No, Sister Marie, the Lord told me to tell you this. And I was obedient. And I said, Oh, because I didn't know he didn't say that to me at first. He just said, do this. <laughs> and I'm going, why? What? How? You know? And so when I went and cleared the air with Brother Milton, he said, no, the Lord told me to tell you this. And, um, and I'm telling you this because, he, you know, he's looking out for you. I'm looking out for you. And I said, thank you, Brother Milton, for being my shield, for looking out for me, because you were obedient. I said, thank you. And then I went to him again, and I said, thank you again, because I love my brother in Christ, and I don't want there to be anything between us. I don't want the enemy to have a stronghold, not in the church, not in the ministry, not with my brother, not with my sister. I'm so glad I cleared the air. And sometimes we perceive things that are not right. We think, oh, you know, and then our mind, if we don't capture that thought, bring every thought into captivity to the word, the knowledge, the knowledge of God, if I don't bring that thought into captivity, whoo, it's going to run. My mind is going to run, and then what I'm thinking is going to affect my emotions And then sure enough, something's going to come out and it's not going to be good. So I need to guard, guard. I need to guard my heart. I need to make sure that I'm bringing those thoughts into captivity and that I don't read too much into something. And if I have a question, I need to first think, that's not, I know Brother Milton. I know Brother Milton. That's the thing. Brother Milton, we've known each other now for almost as long as I've been married to my husband. 15, 14, 15 years. And I know that you love me. I know you. You love me. You care about me. You want the best for me. And if you know me, you know that I'm praying for each and every one of you that I care about you. So if something is said, first let me just think the best instead of thinking the worst. Let me think the best of that person. We have history. And one negative thing cannot overpower 16 years right. or 13 or 14 years, however long. But we let our emotions t- you know get the better of us. And then, next thing you know, our communications are not seasoned with salt. And our emotions are running wild, and we're hurting each other. And instead of being evangelists in the church and reaching out to those that are in need, we're hurting each other. And people are left to fend for themselves. We have got to capture those thoughts. Feelings, our emotions, especially those influenced by other people. Our perceptions and feelings are fickle and inconsistent. Therefore, we must submit them to God in prayer. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offense, offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Lord, if there is any offensive way in me, lead me to the everlasting way. Lead me in the right direction. Test my heart. You know. You know my concerns. I'm giving them over to you. I'm bringing it to the Lord, my emotions my perceptions, all this stuff, I'm bringing it to the Lord. Psalm 1914, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Oh, my mind is getting the best of me, my thoughts. I'm, I'm. All of a sudden, I feel depressed or I'm feeling down. Nope, you grab that thought and you bring it into the captivity of the word of God, right into the knowledge of the word of God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. What does that tell me? I need to change the way that I think. That doesn't put it on God. That puts it on me. I need to get out of this hole. I need to get out of this hole. I can't stay here anymore. I have to bring it to God. I have to speak it. I have to meditate on it. Let let it change, Lord let me not meditate on the problems let me not meditate on the situation on the bills on my children that are not behaving properly on you know my boss who's making my life miserable or my coworker who <laughs> i did not say that about pastor Tryon. he never no i love working for pastor he's the best boss in the world i've been working for him for 15 years <laughs> a good boss. (laughs) You know what I mean. I wasn't talking about pastor. What was that, perception people? Didn't we just talk about that? (laughs) Let's not do that. (laughs) I I may have to go back into work tomorrow and I want him to treat me nice. (laughs) Uh, I have to bring those meditations. I I should say I need to change it. I need to change what I'm meditating on. Do you understand? I need to change what I'm meditating on. Because you can meditate on anything, literally. And that's why you need to bring it into captivity very quickly.
2: Yes. My heart. And then after after lunch, I was like, I wasn't even hungry anymore physically, and I felt better, and the rest of my day went so smooth because you have to change your thinking, thinking and say, let me stop because I know now that I'm not thinking like Christ because everything is bothering me. And it can't be everybody. So obviously, the issue must be somewhere within me. That maybe I, not that I didn't pray before I went to work, but that I just wasn't maybe.
0: Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, sometimes doing the right thing doesn't feel right. Doesn't. And again, feelings are fickle. Exactly. But doing the right thing is always right. right and that is so Right. So if we
2: do we to do, will those right. Right. Point those out that we don't even you know. You know y-
0: It really puts it on us. We need to stop waiting for somebody else to make the first move. We really do. Because the only person that is hurt here at the moment is you. And for all you know, the other person doesn't even know that you're hurt. So you need to make it right. You need to make it right with God, with yourself, with that person, whatever. Just give it to the Lord. He will take care of it. He will take care of it. Um, I'm going to continue here. Amen. Psalm 104, verse 34. May my meditation be pleasing to him. I will rejoice in the Lord. Again, here is David saying, may my meditation be pleasing to him. Obviously, something was going on that he had to remind himself you know what, I need to make sure that my meditation is pleasing unto God. And then he makes that conscious effort. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice. I may feel and think one way, but it may be entirely contrary to the Bible and God's character. Think about that. The way you feel and the way you're thinking may be entirely contrary to the Bible and God's character. You may be a Christian. You may be coming here. You may be listening. But then so was the man with the foolish house, right? Both the wise and the foolish man were both listening. The difference was one acted upon what he heard. The other one didn't. So I need to make sure that what I'm doing is not contrary to the Bible and the character of God. If something is off, uh, I need to readjust. We've got to be careful in what we say, do, think, and even hear. The things that we listen to become what we think and meditate on and eventually act upon. Let me repeat that. The things we listen to become what we think and meditate on and eventually act upon. So I need to make sure that I'm listening, I'm meditating on the right things, so that my actions will be correct. It will be right. When we start down the path of not doing, not obeying, as the word commands us to, we remove blocks from our home built on the rock, and we begin to build on the sand. We're changing our foundation. Matthew 7:21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Prophesying, speaking in tongues, and laying hands on the sick will not get you to heaven. If you believe that it will, I'm sorry, it won't. We see it clearly right here, right here. Jesus, his own words. You know what's going to get you to heaven? A relationship with God, knowing God, being with God, abiding in God abiding in God, being, understand, we know him, that I may know him. Obedience to God and in his word will get you to a rock foundation. Remember, your goal is not heaven. Let me just burst that right now. Your goal is not heaven. It never was. That's just a plus, a wonderful, wonderful plus. We get to be with the Lord forever and ever. But before we can be with him in heaven, we have to be with him here on earth. That is my goal. That is my goal. My goal is not heaven, it's Jesus. My goal is a right relationship with the one that gave it all to be with me. Remember, that's what he did. When he died at Calvary, was repairing what we lost in Eden, in the garden. What was that relationship? communion abiding him walking with us in the cool of the day all of that and so that's what we need to be doing now he died on the cross he he bled for us he gave us his spirit now we need to abide with him here and in him so that we can abide with him in heaven my goal is to please jesus And if my goal is something different, then everything I do will lead me astray. We are not in the kingdom for signs and wonders. We need to know that we're in the kingdom of God to accomplish his perfect will in our lives. That's what it is. Miracles, signs, and wonders, they follow. They need to follow us from a life submitted to God through obedience and to, uh, to, I'm sorry, submitted to God through obedience to his word. So if I'm obedient to his word, I'm submitted to him, then miracle signs and wonders are going to follow. But they need to follow from that. Anything else is the exaltation of self, which is witchcraft. And we've got to be careful. It's not my kingdom. What I do is God's kingdom. What He does, I'm just His vessel. Testing of your faith, and we're down to the end. Eventually, the house you built will be tested. So, at some point, something is going to happen to see if what you built is truly sound, is firm. The rain will fall, the rivers will rise, and the winds will blow and pound on the house. Like Brother Steve said, 300 mile an hour winds hitting the house that's built on the rock. It's going to pound, but the question is will it stand? Will it stand? It doesn't mean that the house will not be shaken and even have damage. Will it stand? will it stand? The house on the rock stood firm. The house on the sand fell, and the, and great was its fall. We know the, the, the song because we all do it. And the house on the sand went splat, splat right? We, we know it. Thank you, Brother Steve. That was great sound effects. So our faith, hope, trust, And obedience must be built on Jesus Christ, the solid rock. The song says, I stand, right? On Jesus Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Brother James.
3: Um, You brought up a, a good subject. Everything that we build, even if the foundation is solid, Anything that we build on top of that will be tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scriptures do tell us that he does prune back anything that comes off the vine. So you can build something, and when he tears it back down, he's, he's letting you know you got to start from scratch and you got to start building it up again because you're not doing it correctly. Uh, that in itself is a process because you need to know that you're not just building the foundation, but you're building the walls correctly. You're building them to specs. You got the correct amount of windows. Uh, you got the right furniture in it. Um, you know, He starts you off with the foundation and he's there with you throughout the whole thing. Right. So the height, I mean, just everything. Amen. And you could start off right, but if you start to add things of your own will on it, he's gonna let you know uh, you gotta start again. And, you know, that in itself, when it used to happen in my own personal life, it was a little frustrating. But I, I, I like what it's leading me to because yeah. you, you're less hesitant on trying to do something on your own. You're, you're looking into the scriptures and you're, you're finding out what he expects from you, and you have to build your character and you have to see things a certain way and you have to stay humble at all times you you have to treat others a certain way and then he starts opening doors for you right and then he he shows you what should not and what should and you know if we look at it the right way without trying to overlook the things that do matter yes you know everything that we're advised to do we should be doing some of us tend to want to overlook certain things and say oh well that's not really important let me just look at the bigger picture and everything else will fall or follow through, not necessarily all the times. I've realized that if I look at the things that matter around those that are around me and how I carry myself, um, the bigger picture starts to build itself by itself. Um, so uh, this, these topics that you're bringing up, I mean, it, it, it's definitely something that we need to remind ourselves are on And I think that the Lord is trying to focus emphasis on it so much because he expects us to see things the right way. He wants us to know that we must get this down packed if we expect the house to be bigger.
2: Right, well,
0: we also have to understand that he is our maker, right? We didn't make ourselves. We are his, his people and the sheep of his pasture. He knows our end from the, from the beginning. And think of the details. When he gave Moses every detail for the tabernacle, he was very specific, down to how the showbread needed to be made, the incense, the ingredients that needed to go in there, how the priests needed to be dressed, how many tents needed to go up, Um, every room, every piece of furniture. And now let's look into the New Testament where we're living in today. We are his temple. We are his temple. He hasn't changed. God never changes. So what is he trying to do with you and I? Fine-tune us. He is looking at every little detail and he's saying, you need to correct that. L- let me do it. Let me do it. Because that needs to be right. The aroma that you give, that incense that you give, needs to be a good savor. Every little detail. We are his temple. So he, he knows what he wants to do with us. He is the potter, I am the clay. Scripture says that the clay became marred, right, in his hands. Some take it, and I have as well, where we fall apart in his hands. What if he did that because it wasn't coming out right and he made a new vessel? He's making us over. He's making us over. No matter what happens, He's making us over, and we have to allow Him to do that. We need to build on the rock. And you know, when we are being built, we're going to be seasoned. What are we talking about right now? The testing of our faith. We're going to have to go through fire. A piece of pottery, of clay, has to go in the fire, it has to be seasoned. And some crack, and some come through. And they're vessels of honor, and they can be used for God's glory. I want to make sure that when he tests me, when he puts me in the fire, I come out as gold, that I come out as gold. As Job said, the trying of his faith. It talked about his patience. It talked about his patience. He endured. That's what he did through all of it. So I need to make sure that I'm enduring. When the winds blow, when things come into my life, when, the, when they hit me, when they hit me like a ton of bricks, <gasps> I, I'm not shattering. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. You are my rock, Jesus. I can trust you. I can, I can confide in you. My hope is in you. Men, Psalm 143, verses 10 and 11. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Because of your faithfulness, bring me out of this distress. Know that you're not going to be in distress forever. And know that it could be that the Lord allowed that to happen so that you can build on the right things. Continue to build on the right things. I'm trusting you, Jesus. No matter what happens, I'm trusting you. The trials are going to come. The waters are going to hit. They're going to come up. And I'm going to feel like I'm drowning, but they're not going to overcome me because I'm with you, Jesus. The fire is going to come, but that's okay. I'm not going to be burnt because you're with me. So today, if you're on shaky ground, you have lost your faith, your hope, your joy, your peace, trust, and you're finding it hard to obey God, let him work in your heart. Let this be your prayer. Teach me to do your will. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Lord, for some reason I don't know how to trust you anymore, but teach me how to trust you again and be obedient to your call. Let's all stand. Let's pray in this missal. Lord God we are dust. Our life is so short here on the earth. Help us, O God, to build on you our solid rock, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to build on things that are eternal. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to your word to know who you are, to know your character, your Jesus, to be with you, to not just listen to your word, but to listen and obey. Help me, Lord, to see the things that are not right in my life, that I may be able to change those things, that I may be able to allow you to work freely in my life. When things rub me the wrong way, Jesus, Help me to see that that's my flesh that needs to go back on that altar, Lord. Lord, once again today, we put ourselves on the altar of sacrifice. Lord, mold us, make us, Lord, into what you want us to be. Less of me and more of you, Lord Jesus. Let your light shine through me, dear Jesus. Lord, I need you. I need you, Jesus, more than ever before. The enemy is trying to weary the saints. There's so many things that are happening around us. Our families are being affected. Lord, the enemy is coming against our families. We're being attacked by every side, our jobs, Lord, our friends, our neighbors. Lord, we are just being hit left and right. But Lord, help us, Lord, to stand that when things start hitting us, that it's okay because you are with us. We have built our foundation on you, and nothing is going to shake us, dear Jesus. Our hope is built on nothing less than your blood, your Jesus, and your righteousness. Help us to trust you, not to trust what we perceive, or our emotions, dear Jesus. Right now, Lord God, we bring every thought into the captivity of the knowledge of who you are, dear Jesus. Help us, Lord, to meditate on you, on your word, day and night. Help us to hide your word in our hearts, dear God so that our perception is changed into what you want it to be, Lord. Help us to see what you see, dear Jesus. And like Elisha prayed for his servant, open our spiritual eyes, dear Jesus. Help us, Lord God, not to be deceived, Lord. Help us, Lord, to see that there are more for us than those that are against us. No weapon that is formed against us will prosper. You are for us, Jesus, and we trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, because you know we are victorious in you. And when we look at the end of the When we look at the end of the Bible, when we look in Revelation, we know that we win. We are victorious, dear God. So thank you for the victory. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name.